welcome to the Bloom Your Mind podcast, where we take all of your ideas for what you want and we turn them into real things. I'm your host, Certified Coach Marie McDonald. Let's get into it. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode number 50 of the Bloom Your Mind podcast. That is half of a hundred. That is two away from a year of weeks. That is more than four dozen. (laughs) That's older than I am. (laughs) I'm so excited to be bringing it to you 50 weeks in a row. Let's get rolling on the next 50. I'm so excited for all the topics that I have planned for you for the future and excited to celebrate this year of podcasting. And today I am bringing a personal story to you from just two days ago, and it is all about overwhelm. So let me set the stage for you. It was yesterday morning. I was at the end of my capacity for anything. (laughs) I had that feeling of like batting down the hatches, y'all. It's going to get messy. Like I knew the week was going to be like sailing my boat into the wildest storm I'd seen in a long time and that I was just going to have to take each wave as it came. I might get waterlogged. Hopefully I was not going to sink, but this was going to be like rough seas situation. I knew that because I was already spent. Like if we're going with this ship analogy, I had eaten all of my fresh fruit and veggie stores a long time ago. I was not quite sure if my navigation system was on track. Like, where am I sailing? I don't know. And my water stores were getting low. I hadn't seen any seagulls or palm trees for a while, so I knew there was no land nearby, and I was just going to have to make it through this storm before I had the chance to take a break. You with me? Okay. If the ship metaphor isn't working for you, let's talk about what was really going down. Well, over the past three weeks, I had had house guests for two and a half of those weeks. People I loved and adored. And I literally had each one of them arrive the same day that the prior person left. So no breaks. And I wasn't about to say no to any of them because they are all people I adore and that I don't get to see very often at all. They were from Tennessee, Chicago, and Hawaii. And they could only come at this time. It was like at the end of a trip that they were already in San Diego for. This chance was not going to come again anytime soon. So I just said yes and knew it was going to be a lot of visits full of love. And it was full of dance parties and music making and all kinds of good stuff. And By the time they left, it had been a lot of entertaining. And I had also come off of a few weeks of some very stressful extended family situations and a small surgery. So it was just a lot. And that, my friends, was just about when (laughs) my husband said he needed to go to Miami all week. So literally the day that the last house guest left, six hours later, he was going to get on a plane and be gone for a week across the country. And I had the kids. Now, usually I love being on my own with the kids because it just sets us up for some goofy time 
a lot of the adults that I know that are in dual family households, there's this weird thing where it's almost easier to run the house operationally when the other person's gone. It's not literally easier. Like more hands always make lighter work for the most part. And don't get me wrong. I am not taking for granted that I have a partner that is very active in the house. And both my husband, Max, and I, and a lot of our friends laugh about how it sometimes almost feels easier when the partner's gone because you don't have to communicate about anything, about who's done what. You just know everything that has been done and hasn't been done. You know what time you have to get up. You know what time you have to be places. And that is like, again, not entirely true because I'm always super relieved when he gets back, not just because I get to see my beloved partner again, but also because I don't have to carry it all on my own. And I usually like that. I usually like to spend some time just with the kids. We have dance parties. We have adventures. We laugh a lot. Um, We do that with Max too, but it's just always nice to kind of mix it up a little bit. My husband loves that too. But usually I don't have plans on the weeknights after school. This week, I happen to have plans all three nights that my husband was going to be gone on the tail end of all this stressful stuff and visitors. All right. (laughs) The Monday night plan was to help host a town hall that our entire school was invited to, to talk about some really big changes. So it was kind of like important conversation to have with a lot of people that was going to be on Zoom and in person in an auditorium. So I went to work finding childcare for those three nights, got it all set up. And then the day before, I had that person that was going to watch my kids cancel because they got sick. Found a replacement who also canceled about six hours later because they got sick. The morning of, I got a sitter. So things were looking up. But you can imagine my stress levels were just sort of like herky-jerky, going up and down. And I was just like, trying to manage it, but it was a lot. The night before, Sunday night, My son could not go to bed. He could not fall asleep. He was wide awake, just riled up until 11 p.m. And the next morning when he woke up, he had a big cough that came back from a cold he had just gotten through. He gets pretty anxious at school. And so he felt like he couldn't go to school with this really big cough because he would feel a lot of anxiety all day. And he just didn't sound good. So I decided he should stay home with me. And somehow I was going to work through all my appointments with coaching clients with a seven-year-old in the other room. So here we go into the day. I take my daughter to school. Son is in the car in his jammies. I come home and I have this really solid plan. I was going to have my son take a shower while I hopped on the exercise bike to work off a little stress before my first client session started. We talked it through. My seven-year-old and I, we made the plan. He was all in. I had towels set out for him, pajamas set out, all folded up, a little like, you know, conditioner squirt and a little bamboo cup sitting next to him already with a comb, you know, it was all, it was like a little seven-year-old spa in there. So I begin walking out of the bathroom, feeling good. Like I'm handling this, ready to get on that exercise bike and like work out some of this pent up energy. And he says, mama, I need help. I like have that epic moment where you're like, 
walking out and then you just freeze. I had that sinking feeling in my stomach. Like, no, I really have to have a human moment right now. I hadn't slept the night before. My daughter was like tossing and turning and yelling in her sleep and I couldn't sleep. I needed a little exercise to get my brain clear before a day of caring for a sick child, a full slate of clients and hosting a town hall. I really needed it, y'all. Like bad, (laughs) but nope. Mama, I need help. What am I going to walk away from that? I just can't. It's the same thing that makes me terrible at sleep training. I can't say no when they need my help. So I turn around. He needed my help. I helped him. And then he needed my help some more. I kept trying to leave. I kept trying to have him do it on his own, but he kept needing me. And by the time my sweet little dude was out of the bath, looking all Macaulay Culkin'd out and a towel wrapped around him and slicked back wet hair, I was frustrated with the morning. The idea of not getting endorphins going and a release at some point was legit making me feel panicked. But I did not want him to see that. I did not want my sweet seven-year-old son to have to hold that or carry that. So I was keeping it under wraps. But if there's one thing we know, it's that hiding (laughs) our feelings does not really work on anybody. Like when we're pretending the, the feeling isn't there, not experiencing it, not processing it, not allowing it or acknowledging it. We're just like, nope, I'm fine. <laughs> People can see right through us and especially kids. They can see it all, y'all, always. So he starts looking a little sad. He like sticks out his bottom lip. He actually does that. And I started feeling more panicky. Like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I can't do this right now. I can't help manage your feelings and help you work through emotions right now. I got to hop on that bike. No matter what, I got to go get on that bike. So I said, hey, kiddo, I'm going to go now. You good? And he said, mama, can I tell you something? So I say, yeah, of course. And I knelt in front of him. He's kind of looking down, holding the towel around him. His eyes are looking down at the bath mat and he says, I just feel overwhelmed sometimes, but it's most hard when I feel overwhelmed because it feels like I'm not supposed to be overwhelmed. Time just slowed down and got so still for me. I feel overwhelmed the most. It's most hard when I feel overwhelmed. And it doesn't seem like I'm allowed to be overwhelmed. He was describing exactly what I was feeling too. I was overwhelmed, but like there wasn't space and time to be overwhelmed. Like if I acknowledged it, it would just all go to hell in a (laughs) handbasket. Or if it would be contagious or something, which ironically it kind of was anyways. Like he probably wouldn't have been feeling overwhelmed if I had. So I said, Me too, buddy. And I said, you are so wise. That is such a wise thing to see and to notice and to say out loud. Thank you for saying that to me. I said, I feel overwhelmed too right now. And then he said, but that makes me overwhelmed because I just like everyone to be happy all the time. I said, me too, bud, but I'm also a human. I'm a person. 
and I'm happy a lot of the time, right? He said, yeah. But sometimes, I said, I need to be able to feel a little stressed or a little overwhelmed too. Like last night when it was getting late and we couldn't get to sleep, which meant I wasn't going to get to exercise. I might feel a little stressed sometimes. That doesn't mean you have to be stressed and it doesn't mean it's your job to fix it. You don't have to make me feel better. You can just care about me and be kind, but you don't have to fix it. He nodded his little wet head, little drops of shower water kind of like trickling down his cheeks, dripping onto his little skinny shoulders, (laughs) standing on a little bamboo wooden bath mat on the ground, and with a giant adult towel like wrapped around him three times. And I said, right now, I feel a little overwhelmed because I have work and other things, but you're the most important thing to me. And really, I just want to take care of you. Then he nodded again, shaking off some more of those little water drops. And then I said, hey, and he looks up and he makes eye contact with me. And I said, maybe you and me can work on being okay with it when the other person is overwhelmed and not trying to fix it. Can we both work on letting it be okay for you to be overwhelmed and for me to be overwhelmed sometimes? And he said, yeah, I like that idea. So we stood there and I said, do you feel any overwhelm right now? And he said, right now I feel mostly happy, but a little bit of sad. And I said, okay, I'm going to check in with myself. I feel a little overwhelmed still. So I'm going to see where it is in my body. And I said, oh, it's right here in my chest. Where's your little bit of sad? And he paused for a moment. And then he pointed at his throat. He said, it's right here. I said, yeah, that's where I feel sadness too. I said, does it feel like a lump? And he said, yeah. He said, it's not very bad. It's just a little bit there right now. I said, is it moving around? He said, no, it's kind of stuck there. I said, mine is kind of like orange, my overwhelm in my chest. And he said, oh, my sadness is kind of yellow in my throat. And I said, are we ready to let him go? And he nodded. And then I taught him how to shake. (laughs) And he cracked up. Somehow he shaked all around without dropping his towel. (laughs) And we we shook because that's how you can break an emotion, giggling. And then we looked at each other and I said, how are you feeling now? He said, the sadness is gone. Now I just feel happy. They said, me too. So then I said, all right, so I still got to get on that bike, but you know what? Even though there's a bike out there waiting for me, and even though there's a bunch of work I need to do, I am more important to myself than anything that I need to get done. So I want to do one more thing to help me feel like a person and help me feel calm and grounded. I'm going to go water the plants. Whenever I go out and water our stag ferns in the morning and check out the garden and look at the abutilon, they're like little fairy flowers that drop down. You can Google image search them. They're amazing. They're also called parlor maples. Really beautiful. I have a yellow and red one. I said, do you want to come out there and water the garden with me? And he nodded. So we walked out there. He put on some clothes. We walked out there. We watered the garden. He swung on the swing that we have tied to the tree in the front. We spent about five minutes out there. And then we came inside. 
And about five minutes later, when I was just about to get on the bike and I was in the kitchen pouring a water, glass of water, he ran out. I heard his footsteps like running across the wooden floor. He runs over with his jammies on, runs into my legs and gives me this big, long hug with his slick back wet hair, like leaned against my thigh, just this big, long hug. That's sweet gratitude because that's all we need is to be allowed to feel what we feel and not make ourselves wrong and not have other people make us wrong. Brene Brown in a book called Atlas of the Heart, which I love so much. This is an excerpt from page six that I'm going to read from you. She says, overwhelmed means an extreme level of stress in emotional and or cognitive intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. Like it's all unfolding faster than my nervous system and psyche can manage it. She says, when I read Kabat-Zinn suggests that mindful play or no agenda, non-doing time is the cure for overwhelm. It made sense to me why when we were blown at the restaurant she worked at, we weren't asked to help problem solve the situation. We were just asked to engage in non-doing. At her restaurant job, they, when they got too overwhelmed, other people would just sweep in and take over for them and they would go out and take 10 or 15 minutes in the alley to just get their breath back. She said, there's a body of research that indicates that we don't process other emotional information accurately when we feel overwhelmed. And this can result in poor decision-making. Carol Gaum, the researcher, used the term overwhelm to describe an experience where our emotions are intense, our focus on them is moderate, and our clarity about exactly what we're feeling is low enough that we get confused when trying to identify or describe the emotions. So in other words, on a scale of one to 10, I'm feeling my emotions at about a 10, right? So the maximum, I'm paying attention to them at about a five, right? Which is exactly what my son and I were experiencing. We were telling ourselves we're not allowed to feel overwhelmed when we were feeling our feeling of overwhelmed at like a 10. And I understand them at about a two. So that's not a setup for successful decision-making. So overwhelm is about the narrative of emotional and mental depletion. There's just too much going on to manage effectively. So in Brene Brown's book, she cited a couple of researchers that said the cure to overwhelm is non-doing. Spending some time just doing something that isn't goal-oriented, sitting, breathing. For me, it's watering the garden. I know I'm actually watering something which feels goal-oriented, but that is like the best good medicine for me is to be with plants and watch them go from like dry to springy and happy because the water's falling on them. Oh, it's the best medicine for me. Always relieves my stress. So that's one thing for you. If you feel overwhelmed, take 10 minutes of non-doing time. Call for backup. Say somebody take over whatever I've got going on right now or tell the people you're meeting with you'll be 10 minutes late or tell your kids you got to go in the the bedroom and close the door or whatever it is. Take 10 minutes and do nothing. That's one thing you can do when you feel overwhelmed. The second thing is to do what Lux and I did. Check in. 
Where is the feeling of overwhelm in your body? Where is it coming from? What color is it? Where is it resting in your body? What does it feel like? Check it out. And then jump up and down and shake. That's called disassociation. So you break your association with that overwhelm and then decide, how do I want to think and feel about this situation? Are there things I just want to change and say no to and take off my plate? Or do I just need a change in my mindset and a little breather? So that was yesterday. And then this morning when we realized my son was going to be homesick again, the first thing I did was I canceled the Zoom meeting I had volunteered for to help someone I love prep for a job interview. It was going to be too much. I knew it. With my son home again and a full slate of clients again, I was going to need to just chill at the end of the day and do some silly things with my family, with my children. And after we dropped off my daughter at school today, on the way back home, my son said to me, Mama, if you get overwhelmed today, that's going to be okay with me. <laughs> and I smiled at him in the rearview mirror and I said, me too, buddy. You can be overwhelmed too. That's what I've got for you today, my friends. And I will see you next week for episode number 51. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me, friends. If you like today's episode and you want more of them, please take two minutes right now to subscribe and give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Then send this episode to a friend. See you next time.